Welcome to Street Talk Theology with Pastor Dominic Grimaldi. Pastor Dom went from a life of organized crime to federal prison. There, God saved him and set him free. Soon after his release, he attended seminary and received his master's degree and is now the senior pastor of Desert Sky Baptist Church, where he serves with a passion for biblical theology right here in Casa Grande. Now let's join our host, Pastor Dominic Grimaldi. Pastor Dominic Grimaldi here again with Street Talk Theology. As you know, we take our theology and we bring it to the streets, and I am honored. I got Mr. Eric Johnson on again for a third time, and I just know he's not coming on for a fourth time, so we better enjoy him here. (laughs) But again, the book is Introducing Christianity to Mormons, a Practical and Comparative Guide to What the Bible Teaches. Pastor Grimaldi at Gmail. First three people that email me get a free copy of Introducing Christianity to Mormons. We will send you the book from the church. We will order the book and then send it to you from the church. And um, because it's a good read, it's not only a practical read on, on Mormonism. There's the glossary that teaches you terms, which I think is truly important. If you heard the podcast a couple of podcasts before that, you know how um, important I thought that was. Then there's a table in there. Is there one table, Eric, or two? Uh, one table? No, there's uh, several different chapters that have tables. Okay, so yeah. several different. Like I says, I'm 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 reading the book as we go. Let me just turn you over to Eric uh, for a second, because um, just in case if this if you're turn tuning in for the first time, uh, Mr. Eric Johnson again has written a book introducing Christianity to Mormons. So, Eric, uh, let them know who you are and why this book is important for you. Thank you, Pastor Dominic. Uh, I work with a ministry called Mormonism Research Ministry, MRM.org. Uh, you can visit our website. We do a, have a variety of articles and, and uh, videos. We also have a podcast of our own called Viewpoint on Mormonism. Uh, and so uh, a lot of what we do is trying to share with Christians what Mormonism teaches and how we can be successful in our evangelism. And I think this book called Introducing Christianity to Mormons is one that will be helpful. We have other books that we've written on the topic. Mormonism 101, for instance, compares the differences. And we have another book called Answering Mormons Questions, questions that you might get asked. Uh, but this book is meant specifically to for you to be able to talk to an inquiring Latter-day Saint who says, well, you, you seem to always be against my faith, but you haven't told me what you believe. Well, you need to be able to do that in a way that a Latter-day Saint would be able to understand. And so that this book specializes in explaining the essential issues of Christianity and talking to somebody at, uh, who has a LDS worldview. The member of the Church of Jesus Christ, Latter-day Saints, has the same terms you use. Uh, he, he will be confused unless you're able to distinguish that. I, I think that is crucial. We have a website as well that you can find out more, introducingchristianity.com. I highly encourage you to, to visit that as well. But that's that's the main purpose of this. Every chapter, by the way, Pastor Dominic, has a real-life evangelism story uh, to help introduce that information. So I, I'm not trying to be boring with theology and doctrines and all of that, because that can get a little bit mundane for some people. But I, I show how by talking in, or using the, the past uh, conversations I've had, how this information can be uh, relayed to a person who does not have any true uh, Christian belief. 
So here's a question. With that I, I, this, I think this leads into a, a fair question. Is this book meant more for Christians or for Latter Day Saints or for both? I mean, I, I yeah. that you know that because as you were as you were kind of explaining that, you know, I, I see the question that you you have here, and I think that's a fair question, and I I I'd like to hear that. I, I'm sure the audience would too. Yeah, it's mainly written for Christians because it's a Christian publisher and. For me to try to market to Mormons, they're not going to buy the book typically. I, I'm hoping Christians will hand them the book and say, "Would you like to read this and understand better what we believe?" That's a, that's how it all started. We talked about that in our first show with my daughter Hannah, who wanted to hand my, my uh, her friend a a book that would explain this. So, but at the same time. I wrote it knowing that Latter-day Saints were going to read it. So I have to be very careful. I'm very clear on what I'm saying Mormonism teaches. I have to support myself, and I'm not trying to be unnecessarily offensive. I don't want a Latter-day Saint to read this and say, he obviously hates me, and so I want nothing to do with it. I want them to see the love that I have to be able to take something such as Mormonism. I never was a Latter-day Saint, but then to be able to process with the Latter-day Saint, what Christianity is and what it's not, because I, unfortunately, many Latter-day Saints have a straw man argument uh, system when they're talking about Christianity. They don't understand what we believe. And since so many people have been leaving in the last 10 years from that LDS church, we are responsible as Christians to be there to show them that there really is a God. There really is a Jesus who died for sins. There really is a Bible that we can read and trust, and that salvation does come as a free gift, not based on what we do. This is a message of hope, and that's what I'm hoping that the Latter-day Saints who would possibly read this would get out of it. You know, we, we had mentioned a, in, in a segment or two before about Eric Johnson's style, and he said something to me that was said years ago. I don't remember, I you know, because people who debate you have to have a certain skill because eventually if you're talking to a Mormon, you may have to get into some type of colloquy and some type of debate. And I, what, what somebody said years ago, I've repeated it at times, but I, I always question because I heard it from somebody else. And this is Eric, this is almost a question to you. Is it true if you don't hear people, they won't hear you? Is there something to that? Because somebody said that years ago, and then I remember I repeated it one time, and somebody kind of pushed back on that. But And I think that's what you said, but I please, I don't want to misquote. I'm thinking, that makes sense to me, if, if you hear people, they may, by God's grace, hear you. Is there anything to that? Because I think you said something like that, Eric. Yeah. Oh, I did. And I, I do believe having done a lot of street evangelism, been out there doing a number of using a variety of tactics. And I have found when, especially when you ask questions, I think one of the best tactics, there's a book written by Greg Kokel of Stand to Reason called Tactics. And that's his, and you, you have it in your library. Hey, yeah. listen, we better have tactics in our library, Greg. Yeah, yeah Greg. Yeah, Kokel. he's 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 a good man. And uh, um, you know, uh, Eric? I, I I've I I I know him. Um, I don't know how well he knows me. Back in twenty, this will this will make you happy. Uh, teaching students, can you imagine? In two thousand, I brought Greg Kokel to my school, my high school, and he taught all day long. All my high school students. Actually, I had him talk to the teachers in the morning before school, like at seven in the morning. Then he taught the students all day long. After school, we had him 
um, meet with our, our, our prize students, some of the advanced students. And then that night he did a parent apologetics night. This is like 2000, year 2000, about 22 years ago. And at the end of the day, he said, I've never worked harder. And I said, welcome to the teaching world, which you understand, Pastor Dominic, because you're yeah, a teacher as well. But yeah. I used him up. You know, I, he gave me a price of how much it would cost. And I said, great, I've got you for that whole day. So anyway, he wrote this book called Tactics, that, um, it, it, and there it is, and uh, I, I highly recommend the book. He uses the Columbo tactic, which is what I use yeah. in my resurrection chapter, asking questions. And so I think instead of telling Latter-day Saints what they believe— Listen to what they have to say. Ask them because people like to talk about themselves. What do you believe about blank? And then when they tell you, oh, I believe that salvation comes by grace. Well, what do you mean by when you say grace? Can you help me understand that? Well, grace, according to Mormonism, is God's enabling power. Enabling power to do what? To keep the commandments. And so that gives you the ability to go down a road of a constructive uh, learning, and you can teach a, a, a person to understand better what it is you believe and why you reject what Mormonism would say on that. But if you just go up to somebody and say, here, you know, I want you to, you know, with the Bible and, you know, say, I'll start quoting a bunch of verses and telling them, uh, well, you're going to hell because you don't believe this, that, and the other. Well, you haven't had a cordial conversation. These are people, and we need to uh, we need to love Latter Day Saints because of that. And uh, the Bible instructs us. If you read the book of First John, yeah. we need to love others as as well as we love ourselves. And by doing that, I want to be treated as I ought to be treating other people. And so uh, if I want to be treated well, I need to uh, treat the Latter-day Saint well. And I want them to hear what I have to say, but I need to be willing to listen to what they have to say. Years ago, I uh, I had Alan Schleeman on uh, from uh -huh. Greg Kokel's team yeah. on understanding homosexuality. And that was, a uh, he, he, he's, that whole crew is brilliant. Yeah. Uh, I think they got a new guy, there now but the, that whole crew is pretty good they do uh they've been in they've been in this podcasting stuff for a long time they right have. i, I used to the, listen to his, the radio show that uh he he had on uh on uh K, kbrt i think was the name of the station and and that was back in the 80s so yeah he's been, I, he's been involved for a while and i think uh if, if you uh, dr james white he's like the original podcaster right i mean yeah he's the, it all kind of started there but let me see, looking at a couple of those questions, suppose someone has an LDS relative. How is it possible to share your Christian faith when you're trying not to cause problems at Christmas dinner? Yeah. There we go, Christmas dinner, we're talking about food. That's a great question. That's yeah, really it, a good question. I just noticed that. That's it. What, what do we do? What happens? That's a, that's a tough one because if you have LDS family or any family that's not Christian at at a holiday family reunions, that can be really difficult. What do they say? Don't talk about religion. Don't talk about politics. And yet, what are the things that often come up? Those are the things. But here's what I would say. my I don't have any LDS family because I'm not former LDS. Neither is my wife, but she does have a lot of LDS on one side of her family. Uh, when we get together for family reunions, they know what I do. They're not really in love with what I do. <laughs> it makes it like walking on potato chips. You know, you're just trying to be really cautious. You don't want to create a huge wave. So I don't walk up to any of my relatives and say, you know what? Uh, I think you need to have a relationship with Jesus and get out of that Mormon church and blah, blah, blah. No. I can't do that. No. So what do I do? I I have conversations with my my wife's relatives. I listen. 
And there we go. We have to listen. And sometimes they might even ask me a question. So what do you believe about blank? And I'll have that happen. Rare, but it happens. Oh, boy, the open door. Now I can actually share a little bit. And maybe that I can and, and maybe have that conversation go down a little bit further. I was talking to one of her relatives who's actually a Jehovah's Witness. This was a few years ago at a family reunion. We ended up talking for two hours on Jehovah's Witness theology because I have done a lot of work with Jehovah's Witnesses. It was fascinating conversation and she asked good questions. And so I, I, I gave her the gospel. And here's the thing, Pastor Dominic, you need to be able and willing in just two minutes to be able to give a quick summary of what the gospel is. Cause we, uh-huh. that's what we're commanded to do. So, I mean, it needs to start with Romans three twenty three that everybody has sinned. Uh, Romans six twenty three says the wages of sin is death. We've got bad news in our good news. And that's crucial to always include that. But I like the fact in Romans six twenty three, there's a comma there, not a period. Uh, the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. And that allows me to talk about the hope of the gospel. I tell them about how Jesus came to this world. In the beginning was the, the word. The word was with God. The word um, the word was God. Uh, in verse 14 of John 1, it says that the word became flesh and dwelt among us. This is somebody who was so special, he was called God. Thomas in John 20, 28 says, my Lord and my God. Jesus in a relationship with him is the only way. It's not through our works. It's not what we do. It's believing in the genuine Jesus of the Bible. Uh, and he's somebody who's more than just a God. He's more than just a man. He is the ultimate capital G God man. Uh, and and uh, it says in Acts 16, 31, believe on the Lord Jesus and you will be saved. Amen. Romans 10, 9 and 10, believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. I mean, these are these are the things that we need. We need to have a good understanding of the word in our hearts, as we talked about in our first episode. And then God's word, according to the Bible, never returns void. So by sharing in, in small ways, it might be little chunks. Somebody asks you a question at a family reunion. You don't have to feel like you have to give them everything all at once. Two minutes. Just give them give them a little bit. And then if you have that opportunity, tell them, why do you have such a hope in Jesus? Because I tell you what, Latter-day Saints envy that in us. They, If you ask a Latter-day Saint, Pastor Dominic, if you were to die right now, where would you spend eternal life? Uh, where, where would you be for eternity? And And they say, well, I don't know. And uh, are you going to go the very best your religion has to offer? They have three kingdoms of glory. The celestial kingdom is where uh, families are forever. You become a god. Are you going to go there? Well, I'm not sure, but I'm trying. I'm doing my best. Well, then they usually what happens, and this just happened a few weeks ago at San Diego. I was at the San Diego temple talking to sister missionaries. They asked me, where do you think you're going to go? I said, I'm going to go to heaven. They say, well, well, does that mean you're perfect? I said, yes, I am perfect. Based on the imputation of Jesus, Jesus Amen. paid the price. He's the one, and I talk about this in the chapter on the book on justification. He provided for me all the work. It's not my work. It's his work that gives me that opportunity. Because 1 John 5.13 says that we may know that we have eternal life. Our state of Utah has the highest rate of Prozac usage per capita in the entire United States. 
This is a state that has over 50% LDS. Why are we so depressed? It could be partially the Rocky Mountains, and I guess you could make a medical case for that. But I think it's more than that. I think Latter-day Saints are good people who are trying their hardest, and yet they know they're not doing everything they're told to do. They're told they can keep all the commandments, and how often are they supposed to do it? All the time. And yet every week they have to go to church and they have to repent of their past sins. And then they promise they're going to keep the commandments the next week. And yet they keep doing that over and over again. But the Bible says that all of our sins are, are I mean, from past, present, future, as far as the East is from the West. And Isaiah 64, 6 says, all of our righteous acts are like filthy rags in God's sight. It's not based on what you do, but it's based on who you are a new creation in Christ. That's what we have. We have a great message and we ought to be taking it to the streets as, as your podcast says. Yeah. You know, I, I was thinking, I was listening to, um, I think I, my wife, she, thank God for my wife. Cause I don't have time to listen to all this. You know, I just don't. Uh, but I, I think it was uh, Doug Wilson's got some type of thing that you prescribe to and, and you get all teachings on there. And I was listening this one. This is crazy. This is our theological stuff coming in just for a second. I was listening this morning to to a guy teaching on Ephesians. And something that I was really challenged with is that we speak a lot about the death of Christ. I don't know if we speak enough about the resurrection of Christ. I I was really challenged with that. I'm saying to myself, and you know, you see how I get, and you know, and then I'm because I because I'm in first Samuel right now. Mm-hmm. And at the end of this week's sermon, I go, I kind of go to Psalm 110, and David is seeing the Lord sitting at the right hand. I'm saying, man, that's a picture of the resurrection way before the resurrection, right? And I don't know if we we love the death of Christ and praise God for the death of Christ, but the resurrection of Christ, you know, th- why I thought about it is because Christ seated at the right hand of the Father sees Eric Johnson as a saint clothed in white because of what he did, not because of what Eric did. And here we go, Eric, we'll start preaching to each other, right? (laughs) But this is the resurrection of Christ. I was like challenged. I'm saying, I told my wife, I says, there's an old Italian saying, we don't know this guy from a cold bowl of soup, right? (laughs) I didn't know who this guy was. And I'm listening to him and he's saying, Ephesians is not really about the death of Christ, it is, it's, but it's about the resurrection. And anyway, I don't know how I got off of that tantrum. Well, my- and, and, and the reason I think a lot of us as Christians will emphasize the death, because it was through the death that brought the atonement. No, you, without you, a doubt. No, I'm, yeah. I'm on he- it. No. Hebrews Hebrews certainly talks about that that Jesus with through his blood and that's why we thousand percent why do we have a cross up there it's empty <laughs> but there was a death that took place and by the way the Mormons don't use the cross they think that it's a terrible uh, uh, symbol uh, because it's so gruesome that what took place there well what took place there is what is responsible for the forgiveness of my sins but then chapter six I do have a whole chapter on the resurrection. See that? But now I didn't even see that, buddy. See? Yeah. So I have a whole chapter on it because, in fact, here's the here's the subheading: the cornerstone of Christianity. Without it's, a doubt, it's it's the cornerstone. And so I, I put that chapter in there because it is so vital, uh, and it is the one historical um, 
a truth that if you could show it's not true, then the whole religion falls apart. Paul says we'd be the most pitied of all people. So I put that chapter in there because especially for people who leave the church, what do you have to offer? What historically do you have? Well, and you know, we have a lot of bad history in the Christian church. We have things that are called the Crusades, and we have you know, things that maybe we're not proud of. But if, the, if we're going back to the very beginning, the resurrection is our story, and we need to stick to that. If it's not true, then we need to abandon our faith. But if it is true, what happened to the body of Jesus? Uh, and I think I look at all of the different possibilities, everything from the Jesus swoon because of the cold tomb and the spices revived him or the body was stolen or everybody had a mass hallucination. I show in the book, those are not good ideas. And by the way, I'm not citing myself. I'm not just coming up with this on my own. I am citing dozens and dozens of Christian scholars, academics, uh, uh, apologists, a number of good brothers and sisters in the Lord to support my case. And I think when you take a look at it all, uh, you can see very clearly that Jesus did rise from the dead and that he sits at the right hand of the Father today, and he he is uh, worthy of the worship we can offer him. Yeah, one of the one of the sermons I preached many years ago, and we're going to close in a minute because I want people to know where to get the book, is, you know, the Bible says, why does Jesus tell Mary, don't cling to me, right? And now you think about, you read that and you say to yourself, what is that? She's clinging to a real body. Yeah. And I think that's why Jesus says that, right? Because it doesn't like, you know, what, why you're clinging to me doesn't kind of make sense in the narrative. But then when you think about you can't cling to a ghost, right? So, yeah. Um, and I think about that and how important the, the, the resurrection is. And, and like, yeah. and so I am going to do a, a, um, a deep study on the resurrection. So, I promise this is, I'm going to, you see where I got it open right here. Yeah, right. So if I use it in any sermons, I will give you credit because we don't, uh, but, but this <laughs> You looks, can take whatever you want. No, but, but my, fa my yeah. favorite verse, Pastor Dominic, when it comes to the deity of Christ and the resurrection is John 20, 28. I mentioned it earlier. Yeah. Uh, Thomas says, I won't believe unless I can put my hands into his hands and his side. And so Jesus, the following Sunday, this is a week later, Thomas is called Doubting Thomas. How would you like to have... Uh, how would you like to be known as doubting Dominic the rest of your life? Because yeah. one time you doubted, right? So poor guy has that. Uh, and he was a great leader in India. But um, Jesus went up to him and says, here, touch me. What does Thomas or what does um, uh, uh, what, what does Thomas say in John 20, 28? He says, my Lord and my God. Well, if he wasn't Lord and if he wasn't God, Jesus should have corrected him. Because that Amen. sounds like somebody's replacing God. But instead, he he says, uh, blessed are you, Thomas, because you've seen and believed. Verse 29, more blessed are those who haven't seen and believed. So that's the beauty of the resurrection. So one part, he's saying, don't cling to me. Another, he says, here, touch me, feel me. I'm going <laughs> to show you. And that's how I, Jesus was. I I could spend another. I, I, but I, we've got to know where to get this book. But yeah. I, I, was, I was always thinking about, did Thomas actually... Because it doesn't say Thomas must have seen that and said, man, I don't need to touch it. But anyway, who? but it probably did. But it didn't say you're right. He might not have. Yeah, I don't know. I, I always say to myself something I want to just think we can talk to Paul. Anyway, listen, yeah. we, we can deal with that. Yeah. The after, so it's three minutes. All right. All for well, you. People need to know where to get this book. You need to buy this book. This book is great. Please. 
Thank you for your uh, recommendation. And uh, the book is called Introducing Christianity to Mormons. It's available at Amazon.com, BarnesandNoble.com, ChristianBooks.com, wherever you like to buy your your, your books. But I think this is, uh, we have a website as well, introducingchristianity.com, and it has links to all of those websites to help you find the, where the book would be. But I think this is a book, Pastor Dominic, that could be very helpful if you know somebody who's a Latter-day Saint, a neighbor, a friend. I mean, if you live in Arizona, you've got to know somebody. It's like one out of five people in Arizona are Latter-day Saints. You guys have more temples, I think, than any other state besides possibly Utah and California. Uh, so, I mean, it's like six, seven, you, I, th I think they've grown by three over the past uh, few years. So, so it's your responsibility to share truth with people. How, how do you share Christianity? I think this book is going to be a big help. I think there's, I actually believe this too in Casa Grande and these buildings are beautiful. Yeah. And you know, it's funny. I you talk about this. I got to be careful. So when you pass the, so it's a 45 mile an hour speed limit, but when you pass the, the Mormon temple, you have to drop down 10. You have to go from 45 to 35. They don't do that for us, for, for the church <laughs> out here for us. No. Now I think you might be talking about the chapel. A temple is a special building. Oh, there's okay. only a hundred. Uh, that would be a chapel where they meet on Sundays. The temple, oh, they okay. have them in Mesa and in Phoenix and uh, in, in Tucson, there's about seven temples total. So these, but there are. So these are more. This is where they have their their worship. That's, that's where they'll get baptized and that, yeah. and, and they uh, and they worship on Sundays, Monday through Saturday. The temple is a place. It's not talked about. They're not allowed to talk about what they do, but they get married in there for time and eternity. Oh, wow. And they also most of the work is done on behalf of the dead. They do baptisms on behalf of dead people. They also will do. Um, yeah, I think you uh, mentioned. I think you yeah. go into that. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, that's what a temple is a little different than what's called a chapel is what uh, is the two that are in Casa Grande where you live. Yeah. They're, and they're beautiful buildings. I'll tell yeah. you. Pastor Dominic Romaldi, Street Talk Theology. We take theology and bring it to the streets. Introducing Christianity to the Mormons, a practical and comparative guide to what the Bible teaches by Eric Johnson, forwarded by uh, Michael Wilder. Um, author of Passport to Heaven. This is a must-read and a must-buy theological, practical, tables, glossary. Um, pick it up. In fact, um, first three to email me, you get a free copy in Jesus' name. Thank you again, brother. May the Lord bless and keep you and shine his light upon you. Thanks for having me on, Pastor Dominic. The book is Introducing Christianity to Mormons, a Practical and Comparative Guide. Street Talk Theology, we take theology and bring it to the streets in Jesus' name. Thank you for joining us for Street Talk Theology with Pastor Dominic Grimaldi. You can visit Pastor Dom at Desert Sky Baptist Church at 891 West Corson Road, Casa Grande. And for more information, visit us online at www.desertskybaptist.org. <laughs>